Good evening. Hidden Treasures Revealed is on the air once again on Tuesday evening due to the will of Yah. And we are, me and Phil are with you here this evening. And uh, we will be back with you in just a moment after the little jingle. And we'll get into what Yah wants us to talk about. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Phil, another Tuesday evening together. How are you doing? Doing well. Just living the faith journey, doing what's necessary, and enjoying it along the way. And we'll definitely hit on one of the words you just said, journey and what we're going to be getting into this evening. And as we get started this evening, this is something that came to mind from Yah for us to bring out and talk about again. In our beginning monologue, where you hear the jingle and the, it talks about Proverbs, and we make a statement that says that we talk about the truth of God through open Socratic conversation. We haven't talked about the Socratic, and we've been doing Socratic conversation, but we haven't talked about it specifically for a while, and I'm just going to bring this up for a moment, that the point of the Socratic conversation is discovering the truth of God through questions, meaning that we will be speaking truth, but we are not giving an absolute final perfected answer in anything because we are not perfected yet. We're in the process of perfecting, and the truth of God that we speak that is given to us by revelation. A lot of the learning or most of the learning is through question, trial and error, questions, evaluation. So as you're listening, if you're listening live with us or you're listening later on at a different time, remember that the point of this is this isn't for people just to listen to us and say, yeah, that makes sense. That's true. Discover the truth through questions listen to it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That, that sounds like something that sounds like it's true. Let me look it up. Let me look into it. Let me question it because we are absolutely perfectly fine with being questioned about anything because the word of God tells us, and we believe this wholeheartedly that we are always to be prepared to give a good answer and answers come from questions. So it was just to put this out there to those listening, if you've never listened before, if this is your first time, or you've listened for a while, or your third or fourth or whatever it may be, the point of this is we have conversation together and we discern, we talk about truth, but it is ultimately for those listening in to really have a steadfast in mind to seek with all your heart, because when you seek with all your heart, you will find God and Yah will help you to understand their truth, and they will open your eyes. They will remove the veil that's in place. 
so that you can see just like we're able to see. So just encourage those that are listening to, yes, take it in and evaluate it, but don't look at this and say, yeah, that, that, that sounds like what, what I'm used to. And that's true. No, let y'all be true and every man a liar. So we're capable of making mistakes, missing things. So always weigh it against the truth of God, weigh it against the word. And if it's something that doesn't line up with the word, then don't have anything to do with it. But our goal is with mother within is to speak the truth boldly as we should. And we are still human. And sometimes things come out of our mouth that we intended it one way and it comes out another. And y'all will allow that to show that, Hey, that we're still human. We're still men, but it's by grace that we're saved. And it's about the truth of God. And sometimes we'll say things out of our mouth that it'll be a slip of the tongue. We don't didn't mean it that way. And those things are going to happen, but it's just another way just to show that it is, this is all about what Yah wants, not focused on what we want, because if it's about what we want, then we're going to stop doing this because it's, it's not about that. So I just want to bring that out with the, the Socratic method that it's about asking questions and then discovering and then asking more questions and seeking for the truth. But it's not about, okay, well, I've got, for example, we just talked about repentance. All right, I've got repentance and it's done. I don't need to talk about repentance anymore. No, you have, you get to a level of understanding, but then there's also, there's more depth of understanding and more situations and more places in scripture to weigh against and and more learning and growing. So just to remind everybody that with what we're doing here, it's about asking questions to discover the truth. Because if we tell you and you get it, you may get head knowledge, but your ultimate discovery of this is getting the heart knowledge, getting the experience of it, gaining the knowledge of God, and then moving on to wisdom where you have solutions to different problem scenarios based on the truth that you're understanding um, by the help of God. Where we're going to go this evening is on something that came to mind today, actually this afternoon. And it actually was based on a scripture that we were, as our guys on Sunday evenings, we meet together. And a scripture came out, a section of scripture. And just this evening, it came to mind that this is what we're going to be talking about. And there's a lot of different misunderstandings on this. And I remember a person that I actually used to work with in a former job that made statements in regards to this. And where we're going to start out talking about, and we'll just see where Yah takes this. And uh, as I was thinking about this, it goes beautifully just in line with what we just talked about with the aspect of repentance. Because repentance means that you have a full turn to Yah, and then you have a lifetime, a full commitment to walking in their ways, never turning back to the old life of sin, continuing learning, growing, and being committed to a changed life. Whatever Yah would ask you to do, whatever the Word of God says, you agree with it wholeheartedly, you may not understand it, but you are absolutely committed 100% to the life of faith, the life of righteousness with Yah, and that's the direction you're going in, you're turning from sin, and you're turning to God, you're turning to doing what is right. So along with that, the concept of predestination came to mind. And I looked this up this afternoon. I don't have a lot of head knowledge on the other aspects of predestination. The one that came to mind was in the aspect of Calvinism 
And I'd looked up just very briefly, just on my phone on Google. I didn't haven't done a study on this or anything. And it was talking about that in just a concept of predestination was that Yah has already predetermined a certain number of people that are going to be in heaven, that it's already set. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do to change it. It's just by God's decision that this certain number of people, and you, if you happen to be the lucky one, great. If not, then too bad. And I was thinking about that because the scripture we, we were just talking about, we were talking about repentance, and we were talking about being in Messiah, and the aspect of in Messiah being in him came up. And the scripture that we had read was a, a short passage in Ephesians chapter 1, where it talks about, it gives us, uh, mother through Paul, gives us insight into the plan of God from the very beginning, before even the foundation of the earth. And the word that was mentioned, and the word that I actually said was predestination, which means the the action of going to a destination, that the word was the past tense or already done the predestined. And I've actually got my Bible here, and I'm going to read just a, a short passage here. And if anybody has the word there with them, it's actually, if you'd like to open up, it's in Ephesians chapter 1. And there's another aspect of this in Romans, but I'm just going to start in uh, Ephesians chapter 1. And this is the actual passage that was read yesterday. And this is what came to mind in regards to predestined. And this is Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 3. And the word says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Messiah in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Messiah. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And there's a lot in that scripture. The main key to focus on this is when it says he predestined us for adoption and it makes a mention, it says in love, which God is love 
that this is about being in him, being predestined in him to adoption, to sonship, and to be holy and blameless in his sight. So this goes back even to the beginning before creation of the world. And the word tells us this, that talking about Messiah, that before the foundation of the world, he was slain from the foundation of the earth, meaning that it had already been set by Abba the Father and Ema, his wife, Mother the Holy Spirit, that at the beginning that it was set that our son is going to come. He's going to be conceived of us. He's going to be placed in a woman, and he's going to have a body of flesh, and he's going to be the example and to show the world the way of righteousness. And those that are in him are going to be predestined to enter into the kingdom of God. And this is just an interesting concept because nowhere do we have in the word of God that says that Yah has set aside a certain number of people that they've already chosen these people and there's nothing they that they can do to change it. There's no, um, like it wasn't like, well, we're going to choose a hundred people and that's it and nobody else is getting in. We don't have any aspect of that, but we do have that there is a number of people that will enter the kingdom of God, but that number hasn't been determined yet. What it's talking about in regards to being predestined, it means that Yah has set ahead of time a destination, and that destination is either going to be one or two places. The The will of Yah is that people that, as the scripture said, those that are in the Son, that are in Messiah, that have circumcision of the heart, that you are predestined, meaning that your destination is the kingdom of heaven. If you are not in the Son, and you are not, um, if you are not pursuing faith in them, seeking, first of all, seeking with all your heart and starting the journey of faith, but if you're not seeking God at all, then you are predestined for hell. And about in regards to predestination, it means that there's a destiny, meaning that you're either going to end up in the kingdom of heaven or you're going to end up in the kingdom of Satan, which would be really no kingdom at all, would be into the abyss. <clears throat> and Yah has laid it out very particularly and in a very precise order that they have a plan from the very beginning that if you follow it exactly like it is, you will end up at the destination that you're seeking after. The word says by those who by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, they will give eternal life. But those who are self-seeking, they will get the wrath of God. They will be thrown into the abyss. They will not find eternal life. But this is, as long as you fulfill the guidelines, you will end up at the kingdom or you will end up outside of the kingdom. And Yah has put this plan beautifully in place where mankind is without excuse because the law has been written on your heart from the very beginning because we were born of the line of Adam. We have the sin nature. So we are destined for death. So the only way to be destined for life is you've got to repent and you've got to turn from your wicked ways and you've got to follow the way of God and, and ultimately be found in the fullness of faith, which is faith in Messiah, where you have the circumcision of the heart, which it mentioned in the Ephesian scripture that the the promised seal of the Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee of the inheritance. Phil, if you or I were to go, and let's just say we we want to be a part of 
whatever giant lottery it is, let's say the lottery is 500 million. Well, we can sit here and say, man, I, I really, really would want to win that 600 million, man, just with everything. I just, man, I want to win that. Well, until I buy a ticket, I have no chance. I have, I'm not going to be destined at all to win the lottery. So unless I buy a ticket and start the journey, it doesn't matter how bad I want it, how fair it is, how unfair it is. It's not possible for me to win the lottery. And it's the same thing with faith that you've got to seek God with all your heart to start on a journey for it even to be possible for you to enter the kingdom of God. But the only way that you're going to win that 600 million, you could have a ticket and I haven't bought one of these in a while. I don't know what they look like, but I'm, I'm picturing in my mind a ticket that let's just say has eight or 10 numbers on it. And I'm looking at it and I'm looking at all the numbers across and I can have, let's just say it's 10 numbers. I can have nine numbers matched up in order, but if I don't have that last number, doesn't matter if I have nine, if I don't have that 10th number, then I'm not going to win that lottery. I'm not going to win that big jackpot. In the, in the same, or not the, exactly the same, but similar to in faith, you can have repentance. You could be walking in repentance and have your sins forgiven. And you may say, well, I've got the, I've got the ticket. I, I can get into heaven. And y'all will say, well, no, you have forgiveness of sins, but you didn't find the place where you were in my son, which you were predestined for. You didn't find a place where you were holy and blameless in my sight because of circumcision of the heart. So therefore, you're not going to be able to enter the kingdom of heaven because you did not fulfill all of the stipulations. You were not in my son because by my word in him, we were predestined for adoption as sons and daughters. So it's so important that with the gospel message that you start the journey, but you start it to finish it. And you must get to circumcision of the heart in order to have that winning ticket. When you have circumcision of the heart, it would be just like playing the lottery and you've got the winning ticket in your hand. But if you have that winning ticket and you don't have it with you when you're at the great white throne judgment, where's your ticket? Where's your circumcision of the heart? Well, if you don't have it, then you're not going to be able to enter the kingdom. And it's the same thing with faith that, yeah, you like the word says that, yes, you've gotten the fullness of faith, but you've got to continue in the faith, not turning away from it, continually growing and learning in grace so that it proves that because you have circumcision on the heart, you are improving and growing. And by the grace of God, working on your lower conscience, things like that, you have to hold on to that faith to the very end. And just as a, a movie that I watched years ago, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, that golden ticket, that golden ticket that everybody can have is that circumcision of the heart. You have the golden ticket. You have the seal of mother within you guaranteeing as long as you remain in faith, steadfast to the end, whether you die in it, whether you're still here when Messiah returns, you've got to be sealed with mother in order to enter ultimately into the kingdom of heaven. But Yah has already put this plan in place. And yes, we've been predestined in him for these things. But if we don't fulfill the stipulations, then we're not going to end up in the destiny. And I had a thought about this back in the Old Testament about Joshua, that this speaks so clearly to this. 
that Yah tells Joshua, and people will use the scripture and say, you see, that this is what it is for you as well. And they'll say, the word says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. And what Yah was telling Joshua was this very thing. There, I have, I know the plans I have for you because it's pre, it's been predestined from the beginning of creation before that my son is going to come and by faith in him, I have a plan for you to bless you and to give you a hope in a future to prosper you. Well, there's no better prospering than being in the son of God, because in the very scripture that was just read, it says in Messiah are hidden all of the spiritual blessings, every spiritual blessing. Yes. And there are blessings that we get in the physical, but the spiritual blessing that's the hope in the future that God's talking about the kingdom of heaven in that Yah is given to, to Joshua. And yes, I have a plan for you to go into this promised land. And yes, you'll go into this physical land, but the promised land is the kingdom of heaven. And Joshua is a representation of Messiah himself, that my son, I know the plans that I have for you and those people that are going to be in you by faith that the plans that I have for you and for those people are to bless you and to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. But people will use that and say, well, you see, because I made this decision for God, I accepted Jesus as Lord and savior and see that everything's a blessing and see, um, God has a plan you see. And no, what Yah is saying is that the plan of God from the beginning was salvation by faith in their son. And the people in the Old Testament, they were in faith. They were walking in that repentance and obedience to God. And Messiah hadn't come on the scene yet, but they were walking in accordance with the word of God. And they were walking in the spirit of Messiah, which is obedience to God no matter what. And for those people that died in that faith, that when Messiah was crucified and he went down into, not into hell, but into the depths of the earth to preach the law, that those that were of the Old Testament that believed, that we're living by faith in God, that he brought circumcision of the heart to them. And okay, well, now you're going to go with Abraham to Abraham's side, which is paradise. And to those that aren't, that you're going to go to the side where you're going to be in a place of torment until the last day. But this is so important that this isn't a, and people may say, well, you know, how fair is it for God if he were to just say a certain number of people and that's it? Well, but it is a certain number of people that will make it. And we're even told that a, a very few will make it, but it's not set in stone the number of people that are going to make it. It's that there's a plan that if you follow this plan, according to the word of God, that you will end up there. But if God were to just put people there and say, this is the number and there's no others, well, you would have no free will. And how would that be fair and just if you had no way to choose God and seek after this faith. And that's why God says, okay, because we're fair and just and we're perfect, what we're going to do is that we have this plan. And as long as you follow the plan, then your destiny will be the kingdom of heaven. As long as you remain in that place of, of faith journey, if you don't turn from it. And we have pictures of this in the world. If somebody were to go on a cruise or go on a vacation, you know, let's just say you want to go on a cruise and you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to plan it out. Well, you're not predestined until you actually buy the ticket and you get everything in place. All right, you've signed up, you've paid everything. All right, you're predestined. 
But if you decide to sit at home and you know what, I've got these tickets, but I don't want to go, that cruise is still going to keep going on without you being there and you miss out, but you didn't get to benefit from it because you didn't complete the journey. You didn't go to the port. You didn't go through the registration and go through and give your birth certificate and show them your tickets and all that. Okay. Now you're on the boat and unless you leave this boat, then you're going to enjoy the cruise and you'll, you'll be there. You, you go to a football game, a baseball game while well, you buy the tickets you're predestined to be there as long as you fulfill the stipulation, which is you've got to get to the stadium. You've got to hand the ticket counter, the ticket, they've got to rip it in half. Then you walk in. Okay. Now you're in the stadium and you get to enjoy the benefit because you did what was necessary to obtain the ticket, the access. But there's a lot of people out there that think with different religions that, Hey, that this is the number that God has set. And if you're one of the lucky ones, great. If not, you know, too bad. Well, what's the point of seeking after any kind of faith? If you don't know for sure, if you're going to enter the kingdom or not, you're just waiting around. Well, it doesn't matter what I do because God's ultimately going to choose. And what am I going to do if I'm not one of those people chosen? What's the point of even doing this? If I don't have a guarantee that I'm actually going to make it. And this is a, just a very important concept because this is a concept that's in life that you do things with predestination in mind all the time. And you just don't see it that tomorrow I'm predestined to go to my job unless I decide to do something else that as of right now, I'm predestined to be there. But until I get there, it's still predestined. I've, I've got to go through the process of getting up and then going into the office and turning on the computer and, and doing all these things. And it's just, it's so important to understand that Yah has a plan in place for salvation. And you don't want to end up thinking that you're going to end up in the kingdom of heaven and you end up in the abyss because of you not following the exact steps of the plan of the predestination that Yah has. And it's so crucial that this predestination is all about in him. It's about Messiah and his life and his work being conformed into the image of their son, meaning that you're walking as he did, you're doing the things that he did, that the plan was for those to be in Messiah without sin, just like he is without sin, so that you can enter into the kingdom, which nobody will enter the kingdom of heaven if there's any sin. That's why sin has to be removed from your spiritual aspect of who you are, put into the body of flesh so that mother can come in and circumcise your heart and be within you to where, of course, you have the spirit of God within you that mother, the most precious of God, definitely would be welcome into the house of God. So you are welcome as well. This is just another concept that goes with repentance of this isn't about Yah's just rolling the dice and says, okay, these 10 are in and then you 10 are out too bad. Sorry. No, it's about, it's a, very brilliant, well-organized plan to be fair and just to give people the free will choice to choose God or to choose self. And if you choose God, this is the plan of God that you choose us. And by grace, you have the opportunity to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But if you don't choose that and you choose selfishness, then you chose the predestination of hell because you decided that you wanted self more than God and there is no excuse and no excuses will be accepted before God. 
So, though so far these are, and this is just a, just an interesting concept, but I'll stop here for a moment and let you give any kind of thoughts that you have on this. I just think this is just a neat, just to help understand the gospel message that especially the steps of the gospel message to make sure that every single step of the gospel message has to be fulfilled in order for you to reach the predestination, the ultimate destination of heaven. And if you don't follow that, there's a lot of people that are going to be left out that think that because of a quick decision, an emotional prayer that, that I'm predestined for heaven and, and ultimately find the place to be in Messiah without sin, circumcision of the heart where you have your guarantee you have the hope of salvation. You have the hope that you will enter into the kingdom of heaven as long as you remain in that. Predestination according to anybody's idea that they think that when God created the world, he already decided who was going to be in heaven and who wasn't going to be. Uh, if that was the case, then there's no reason and no purpose for them to put their son through what they put him through rather than, no, these people are going to be there. So that's it. That's the end of it. It also removes a fact that God is right, fair, and just. That God says that they wish that not even one would perish. And if that's the case, then predestination from that perspective cannot be in existence. That's just a, the uh, fact of it because God wishes everyone would repent and enter into the kingdom. And therefore, everybody, when you're born into this life, from Adam and Eve all the way down to us now, when you're born into this life, you are destined for hell. That, that's the predestination that you get, and that's everybody, even Messiah, because until he completed his work and he walked in obedience to, he walked in obedience, then he was then able to, have that destination set for him, but he had to, at the age of accountability, he had to choose to not sin. And when he chose to not sin, then his destination was set, but he still had to follow the plan of God in order for he himself to get back into the kingdom. Otherwise, again, what sense does it make for the devil to tempt him when he was led out into the desert for 40 days to be tempted? Well, what does that display if he didn't have the opportunity to reject or to turn away from uh, faith? And But he had decided that he was going to obey God at the age of accountability and therefore, he had the, de the destination set. And when it talks about the predestination that you were talking about with that Paul wrote about, is that it says, you are predestined in him. 
So you're until you reach circumcision of the heart, you're not you don't have that predestination for anything and everything. That's a fact of it. You do not have any of that until you're in Messiah with circumcision of the heart. Then you're predestined for heaven, but you have to follow the plan still of God in order for you to reach that destination. If you deviate from the plan of God, then you cannot end up at the destination God has set for you. And the same concept, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Yeah, that's in the mindset of obedience. When you obey God, then they will tell you what the plans are and you will follow them because you are being obedient to God. And so there's, it's uh, really important that people understand when the Bible talks about predestination, yes, there are predestinations. And when you are born into this world, you are automatically predestined to burn in hell. But God put grace into place so that you have an opportunity by choice to not go and burn, but to actually be in the kingdom. And when you fall in line with that, that is when you're destined for the kingdom. The uh, aspect of everybody who's born in this life, the Bible says, are destined for two things. And no matter who you are, if you're born here, you have to you have to experience these, and that's death of the physical body, and then face judgment. And there will be nobody who will not die, and there will be nobody who will not face judgment. And that includes Enoch and Elijah, who were taken away, but they were taken away for a time so that at the end, when, in Revelation, when you have the two witnesses at the wall, that they're going to be the two witnesses. And then when they finally are put to death, then they will finally experience the death of the physical body. And again, they'll lay in the streets for three and a half days, but then God will bring them back to life again. So everybody who's born into this life is destined to die and face judgment. And that includes Enoch and Elijah. There, weren't a, there wasn't an exception put in place to say, well, uh, everybody except for these two. No. Well, it makes sense that God's, God's got them in a holding pattern somewhere. We don't know where. We don't know, understand exactly where they're at right now. But they will be the two witnesses at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem that has the ability for fire to come from their mouth to destroy those who try to attack them. And so with the idea of predestination, you've got to know that, yes, there are predestinations. There are destinations that are set ahead of time. And it's important that you fall in line and follow those destinations. If I decide I'm going across country, then how can I get across country if 
if a cross country is west and I turn south and I stay going south and I never turn west again, I, I'm not going to end up at that destination. I can set in my mind, yeah, I'm on the east coast of the United States and I want to get to the west coast and I'm going to, I'm going to go to California. Okay, I have a predestination set. I'm going to do it. But once I deviate from that plan, if I don't t- turn back and get back on course, then I'll never end up at my destination. And that's the other thing is just because somebody's predestined, that doesn't lock you in to the kingdom of God. That doesn't put you automatically in there. What it does is it gives you the opportunity that if you follow by obedience the things of God, then you will follow the plan of God, and the plan of God will get you to that destination. And any deviation, that predestination that's set for you in Messiah can go away, and we have that explained in the book of Hebrews uh, for in chapter 6 and in chapter uh, 10, around verse 26, where it talks about that you've been enlightened, you've been I, you've tasted the heavenly gift. You are destined for heaven, and then you fall away from it. And if you fall away from it, you cannot return. You cannot come back to repentance. That's a fact of it. And so people need to understand that the reality of God is, is that they gave you the ability to choose. So if you don't choose it, it's your fault. It's not God's. We're not going to, we can't blame God for anybody who doesn't end up in the kingdom because it was their choices that they made. We are not puppets on a string. We were given free will choice. And that free will choice gives us the ability to choose that we're going to obey God. But it also gives us the ability to choose that we're going to disobey God. And then we can disobey God after we obey God. But if we do that, then we forfeit our destination. Then at that point, we are predestined. Actually, it's, well, it's, you are predestined, but you are destined for hell because Messiah can't come back again and die for your sins again. You can only go through that one time in the journey. And so it's really important for people to know that God doesn't just sit there and choose. Yeah, yeah, there's a number where in uh, Revelation, it talks about 144,000 that God has set aside. Well, we don't know who those are. And at this point, God doesn't know who they are exactly. But he's set aside 144,000, 12,000 from each of the tribes of Israel so that at the appropriate time, he's going to pull 12,000 in that time frame. Well, they may not even be born yet. So the and and it's going to be done by the concept that God put into place that I'm going to choose the 144,000, so it's going to be 144,000 of the nation of Israel that have not defiled themselves. So that's what God's going to be looking for when he's 
when they start to pick those people. And so there is not a set number from this generation of this creation that says, okay, only this many are allowed to get into the kingdom of heaven. No, everybody's allowed if they choose to follow the obedience of God, which will put you in Messiah, which then puts you destined for heaven. And as long as you don't deviate from that, continue in the faith, like it says, well, don't deviate from your obedience to God and you will be in the kingdom. That is a fact of it. And if someone teaches you something different, they're lying to you. Because again, we call God a liar then if we say God has chosen only a specific amount of people and that's, that's who's going to get in. It, it makes no sense for Messiah. Uh, what, what gives me the will or the want to live a good life then? Because if, if, if it's already chosen, then I'm either in or I'm out, no matter what I do anyhow. And if you think that God has already said it, then it doesn't matter. But the reality is, is that for them to be right, fair, and just, it has to be, the opportunity has to be there for everybody. But not everybody will enjoy it. And you brought it up, that Messiah uh, spoke about the few with the wide and the narrow gate that only few will enter. And that's true. It's just like how many people were on the face of the earth when God destroyed it with the flood and only eight were saved. And only one of those eight were considered righteous, was considered the righteous one, the representation of Messiah, just like Noah. Noah, those that were with him, his family, his uh, sons and their wives and his wife, they were saved by his righteousness, just like we're saved by Messiah's righteousness, but we have to be with him. And when we're with him, we will walk in accordance to what he says. We will obey what he says. We will do what he says. We will listen to the words of his and put them into practice like he said to do. And then we will end up in the same place that he is. So predestination is not a God has chosen from the beginning of creation. Now, predestined that they were going to place their son in Mary, yes. Predestined that he was going to fulfill all the prophecies, absolutely. Predestined that everything about him was going to point to God. But he had to choose at the age of accountability to not sin, which is full obedience to God. And when you have full obedience to God, you do not sin. And when you do not sin, your destination is set for the kingdom of God. Well, Phil, what's so interesting, this came to mind. Well, all of it's interesting. That That's just a, a programming of mine. I say that a lot. The tense of the verb or the description of this is, is huge because Yah makes a statement that, that they are God and they don't change, meaning that whatever they set an absolution of their truth, that they don't change their mind, that it, it seems like 
that, okay, well, they flip-flopped on something because they relented. Well, no, they did change their mind, but it was set that they would change their mind when you fulfilled this or you didn't fulfill that, that you repent, then I'll relent. So I've already got this set ahead of time. And I just was looking over here at Ephesians, how beautiful this is. Do you realize that we're mother through Paul is giving us the hidden wisdom, the the hidden plan of God that was sealed up and hidden from the foundation of the earth that even back in the Old Testament, they didn't have this plan. This is revealed by mother from heaven because look at this. This has given us this has given us the inside information on the plan of God from the creation that nobody could have known. And what stood out to me was that Yah had all this set in place that the destination, just like we had talked about recently with the Wizard of Oz, the Yellow Brick Road, that if you follow the Yellow Brick Road, if you follow the gospel message, you will end up at that palace where the wizard was, and you could look at that as Yah. And but if you don't follow that yellow brick road if you go off the yellow brick road and do and you go to the left or to the right you're not going to get to that destination and it's it's sad because look at this this lines up with the truth that god has given us it says for he chose us which is any man woman that makes a decision to follow after god seek with all your heart you have the fullness of faith for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. That's the absolute proof that Messiah's work was to come to destroy sin so that you could live with God because that's the point. How are we going to be holy and blameless in his sight if we don't have Messiah? We can't be holy and blameless without the work of Messiah. But if we don't do our part to be holy and blameless, if we don't walk the journey, then Messiah is holy and blameless. He's in the kingdom. We're going to be left out. But it just gives you the plan of my son is going to come. It's not by your works of the law that justify you. It's faith in the son. It's because you believe in my son and you're willing to walk as he did and do what he did. That proves your faith. And therefore, you've been predestined in him to be holy and blameless. So that tells you that it's by faith, not by works, because you have to be in him to be holy and blameless. And not only that, it says in love, he predestined us, which means it's already set that in him, we would have adoption to sonship. And you could, if it's even a word, daughtership, sons and daughters through Messiah in accordance with his pleasure and will. So this is a pleasure for God. Like it says that it was, it was pleasing to God to strike Messiah because this is going to, this is the plan that mankind can be saved in our son. We can have the reconciliation to our son. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And it goes on here. In him, you were chosen because Messiah made a statement that many are, many are called, but few are chosen. So everybody is in the place to be called, but you have to be chosen in him. See, that's the thing. It is going to be a set number of people when it's done. But until it's done, that you want to be chosen by God. Find your place to be in him to where, oh, you're in my son. Now you're a child now that, yeah, as long as you don't turn from this, that you will. This isn't one of those where, 
well, maybe I'll be there. Like, why would you want to pursue after something that you don't know for sure that you're going to get it? It's not worth it. That, but you can know by that. That's why that the, the hope that we have is like an anchor that we know because of the word of God and because mother within, we know we're going to be there as long as we don't turn from it and blaspheme mother that you, we will be there. It isn't, well, maybe no, because that's being double-minded going back and forth that no, it says we have this hope in an unswerving, let's hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess because it's the plan of God. And in him, we have all the spiritual blessings. We have all the riches, but you walk in predestination. You, I mean, you, you walk on that journey, you, you walk in the aspect of it, but until you get to the fullness of it, that's when the way I, I'm just seeing this in my mind is that's when you get the ticket. That's when you get that golden ticket. And as long as you have a ticket, just like the movie, if anybody's seen it, that how did they get into the chocolate factory? Where's your golden ticket? Where's your golden ticket? Well, where's the ticket? Cause that, that's that like the parable of the virgins and the oil that, well, let, let me have some of your oil. No, no, you go and get yours. I, I'm not the, the spirit is within me. We can't share the spirit with you. you you've got to, You've got to work it out and Messiah comes back and you're going to be at the great white throne judgment. And he'll look at you and say, mother, Hey, go ahead. And I see you have circumcision of the heart. Go ahead and enter into the paradise of your father and mother, but you don't. And what does Messiah tell the person? Where's your ticket that shows that you've got the seal of my mother and you don't have sin. Get away from me. I never knew you. You practice lawlessness. You're, you're, you're a sinner. Get away from me because you don't have the ticket. You, you, and cause many years ago we went on a cruise and I remember we were, we were, and you were all over this. Just make sure you have your ticket, make sure you have your birth certificate. You have multiple copies, check it again and check it again. And we're, we're getting out of the, the van, check it again, because you get up there and they're not going to listen to any excuses. You don't have what you need. I mean, they may say, well, you know, I can feel for you, but if you don't have these things, you don't have your ID. And it just speaks so much to the kingdom that repentance, obedience, trust, the fullness of faith. You must have circumcision of the heart. You must be without sin when you perish from this earth because the sin nature has to stay in the body of flesh. If you don't have it, then you'll be in that long line and there will be people though as a last ditch effort will cry out to Messiah and he'll just plainly tell them, where's the ticket? Where's the seal? Where's the seal that seals you for this day? Where, where's the spirit within your heart? I don't see it. So Therefore, and what's interesting about this is, is that you've got to have all aspects of God to enter into the kingdom because in order to get to the father, you've got to stand before the son, but you have to have mother there in order to stand before the son and be allowed back in or not back in, but allowed in through the, the door, which is Messiah because he's the door. And then you make it to the father, you make it to the ultimate kingdom of heaven, but just we can't stress enough on this is if anybody is given to you any other gospel, then as the word says that the truth of God, then don't listen to it because it, making a, a, just an acceptance of Jesus as Lord and savior doesn't punch your ticket. It doesn't get you on the path of repentance. It doesn't get you on the path of obedience. It doesn't get you on a way to remove sin from your lower conscience. Now, the word of God does say, just as you accepted Messiah as Lord, continue in him. Well, if he actually is Lord, then you're going to be striving to get away from sin. And then therefore 
that yes, you continue in him moving on, but this is just so beautiful because it explains so many things that explains why Messiah came. He came to destroy the devil's work because the devil wants to keep people in sin because if when he does that, he knows they're not going to enter the kingdom and they're, and yes, he's going to be put into the lake of fire just like the other people, but I don't care who comes with me as long as there's going to be, I take people from God that that's all I care about. So as long as I can keep people from getting away from sin, then just bring as many people with me as I can just to stick it in the face of God because God's my enemy. So I, I don't care who comes with me as long as it's, I just keep people from, <clears throat> from going to God. But the, that's the, the unfortunate thing is that people don't seek after with all their heart. They don't find it. And then there's nothing worse. I'm convinced of this. There's nothing worse than something that you really want and you're convinced you're, you're going to get and somebody takes it from you. And like you have the absolute, Oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. And then somebody says, Nope, you're not. And and the word says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. There's going to be a lot of people on that day that have sickness and heart that well, I thought that I did all these things and Messiah could look at them and say, well, you didn't know that you were doing what was right. You just thought that you were doing all the things. Well, that's not the way that I operated. Um, this is just a, a way to just a good way for, to open people's eyes to really that there's so much more to this than just making a quick decision. It's, it, it's very intricate. It's very detailed and mankind is, is going to be without excuse because it's all laid out in the word. Uh, it's all clear to be seen. And just in this aspect of Ephesians and there's a thing, if I remember right in, in Romans, there's a place of it, but the key that just came to mind to bring out was predestined, meaning that Yah has already set this and they're not changing their mind in it. So you're not going to get to where people would say, well, I'm just going to talk to God and we'll talk about it and we'll negotiate and then God will let me in. No. Yah has already predestined this, that if you have faith in his son, that you'll end up there. And if you don't, then actually you chose it because you chose not to love the truth and therefore find the fullness of faith. And we have examples throughout the word. Uh, Moses, who was following the plan of God and then forgot to circumcise his son and his wife did it and threw the foreskin at his feet. Uh, close to being destroyed. Uh, one who was destroyed, removed from uh, Yah's grace was uh, King Saul. When he disobeyed, because disobedience is sin, when he disobeyed, when he went into the one battle and he was supposed to kill, they were supposed to kill everything and they kept the good animals and they so they didn't obey God and then he was even I did obey God then what is this bleeding of sheep that I hear you know what is this this the sheep that I hear in the fields that your men brought back oh we bought we got those to sacrifice to God no you didn't you walked in disobedience to God and look at the penalty that he paid for it. Kingdom being uh, torn from him, given to David. And 
than him ultimately dying uh, after he fell on his sword and then the uh, young man who came by then finished him off. And then we have in the New Testament Ananias and Sapphira who were on the destination to be in heaven with God. They were of the believers until they lied to the Holy Spirit and then they were put to death. And I'm pretty sure that's amounts to removal from the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not going to say that as an absolute because that's in God's hands. That, that's, that's up to them. But those were uh, just three instances of situations that took place where you know, David uh, or um, Moses, uh, his wife, uh, helped him out in that one. But the other ones, they they didn't get the place of eternity. They didn't get to go into the promised land. And Abraham, and this is, Abraham was told that by God, see all this land I'm bringing you to? I'm going to give it to you. It's your destination. But Abraham didn't own or see I mean, he saw all of the land. God took him through all the land that he was going to give to his descendants. So Abraham received that from God, but not in this life. So God took him through the destination that was for the Israelites, that was his offspring, that they would then go through the land that he had walked on, but he didn't get to possess it. He did not possess it. But in essence, he did because it was his offspring that did. And even though he's dead physically, he's still alive uh, with Abraham or he is, you know, it's at that place of uh, peace and rest. And so, uh, you know, Lot's wife, the disobedience of being told, flee from the city and don't look back. And again, we know that the looking back was a longing for what you know, for uh, leaving, but it was the act of disobedience that cost her her life because she looked back, and so there there's people who followed the plan of God and were favored by God, and there were people who diverted from the plan of God and they were destroyed by God. It's that's just the way that it works. And it's by your choice. That's the beauty part of it. It's you choose it. Because if God has removed all excuses, because in Romans it says man will be without excuse, then you can't blame God. Because God God made it in such a way that you have the ability to do what is right. You have the ability to choose to do the right and reject the wrong. And all you have to do to do that is follow the example of Messiah. I do everything the Father tells me to do. And so he was destined for the kingdom. And just because there's a predestination set, there's been many people who have had a destination set, but they didn't make it to their destination. 
there's an old uh, shipwreck that happened up in the Great Lakes uh, on a boat called the Edmund Fitzgerald. And they were hauling iron ore. They had a predestination. And they went through a hurricane and the ship sunk. They never made their destination. Their final destination was at the bottom of uh, the lake, one of the Great Lakes. And so just because God's predestined you in Messiah to be in the kingdom, you still have to follow the roadmap that God lays out for you. And if you deviate from it, then you deviate from the kingdom. Too many people think that God has locked it in for them. Well, I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, so God's going to do it. God's going to keep me on the path. God's going to change my heart. God's No, God's not going to. They're going to tell you the direction that you need to go. They're going to give you the tools necessary to go in that direction. But you have to do the work, which is strenuous at times, and you have to figure it out, and you have to walk in that obedience of God to go the direction that they want you to go. And it is, uh, it's huge, because this, among many other things in the Bible, have been so uh, twisted, watered down, muddied up, that people are believing lies without even realizing it because they're just believing what people say instead of, no, dig into the word. Dig into the word and you'll see, just like you had read earlier, that in him you're predestined for these things. So you have to be in Messiah first. Well, in order for you to get Messiah, you have to walk the gospel message. You have to see God as a terrorist and then you surrender to God because you recognize who you are. You have the godly sorrow for who you are. Then you turn your life completely over to them in repentance that, God, I, I may not understand everything, and but I don't care. What matters is what you say, what is right, what is fair, and what is just, and that's what I believe in. I don't have to understand it. And that's the aspect that gets you into Messiah, and then in Messiah, you have mother in your heart just guiding you, and all you have to do is listen and obey what she says. As long as you do that, you're sealed. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit, so make sure you don't blaspheme that seal. Make sure you don't tear apart that seal that has got you sealed into it because, again, the book that's avoided in with Hebrews, except for the faith chapter, that, that tells you that you can, you can lose that destination. And once you lose that destination, if you choose to fall away from God after you've had circumcision of the heart, after you've gained the knowledge of truth, then there is nothing left for you but a fearful expectation of judgment and fire because that will, without fail, be your destination. But before you make it to that final destination, you will make it to the white throne judgment. And trust me, when you leave this world, 
you will automatically know. You don't have to wait till you get to the white, white throne judgment. All things will be made clear to you when you depart this life, and you will know it was your choice you made that put you wherever you are, whether it was accepting and walking within the grace of God and proving your repentance through your actions, or you end up in hell because you chose to reject the things of God. You chose your choice, not God's, you will be the only person to blame for where you go or the meaning that by your choice, obviously without Messiah, you couldn't be in the kingdom anyway. So make the right choice. Choose this day whom you will serve, but stop listening to the lies that have been told that tell you to pursue after Messiah first, pursue after the Son of God first. Don't don't worry about Abba. Don't worry about the fact that he's a terror in the Old Testament. That's that's in the old. That no, that exists even now. But you may not see him as a terror right now because he's not advancing as a terror right now. But it doesn't change the fact that he is a terror and that you will be terrorized by God either in this life, which turns you to repentance, or you will be terrorized at the end where there is no repentance and you're ushered off into the abyss. So really important aspects that you are responsible for doing your part in the faith journey. And God is not going to do it for you. This is why we say that faith is not easy. Now, it is bearable, and God will not give you anything that you cannot uh, withstand, but you have to be the one withstanding it. You have to be the one choosing the right and rejecting the wrong, choosing the obedience of God over the disobedience of God. And it's necessary that you walk in this understanding that you must go through the old covenant, you must go through the original covenant, the law, in order to understand that God is a terror and God is a terror to you because you are broken every single uh, law that he had put out there. Because if you've broken one, you've broken all of them. And so God says, you've broken all the commands. You're going to hell. That That's what's supposed to bring about the fear of God. And then with the fear of God, you start to decide what you're going to do. And you're going to do, if you want salvation and you don't want to burn eternal, then you'll set your mind that you're willing to do whatever it takes. You don't care what the cost is. And just like in Proverbs, when Proverbs talks about getting wisdom, get wisdom. If it costs you everything you have, gain understanding. Get that wisdom. And it, it, because it's going to cost you everything you have, you have to die to your own selfishness. And that's, that's a high price that people don't want to pay. People don't realize that 
their selfishness within their subconscious of what they've been programmed in this life is the thing that's keeping them from having the full faith in God. And they, but they can't see that they're acting selfishly. They think they're doing things to help other people, to be good to other people, but they can't see that they have an ulterior motive in their subconscious. Why? Because it's subconscious. It's below the surface. You're not seeing it. You're not looking for it until you start digging into it and looking for it. You can't see it. And therefore you have to dig into your subconscious so that you can Get rid of the things that deviate from the plan of God and bring into play the things that uh, keep you on that path and that journey of God. I had this come to mind about the falling away aspect. That you're, I had this picture in my mind that you're sealed, that your, your life is hidden in Messiah and God when you have the fullness of deity in bodily form. You blaspheme mother, you're in Messiah, and therefore you break that seal, and now you're outside of Messiah. And because in the spiritual realm, it says that you're in the spiritual realm in him, so it would be like coming out of him in the spiritual realm and seeing you as being a sinner, and it's an immediate falling away. It's just like if you were to break a seal of a drink, a package like i don't know if you've ever attempted to open like a thing of rice and you're you're pulling on it and then the whole bag just the rice pieces of rice just go everywhere and it's just all over the floor and it's just everywhere and that's the thing you would just fall away like you would just be completely just sucked out and removed and you can't go back it's like such a, a huge fall that you can't be reconciled again and it came to mind in the aspect of abraham that the way God works in their fairness and justice, it's just like when they ask Messiah, well, show us the father. And he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, meaning that the only way you were able to see me is you've seen the father because of your repentance that you were brought to me. And it made me think of this aspect, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, the prophets, They had the spirit of Christ within them that they were obedient to God. Whatever God said, whatever Abba said for them to do, just like Abraham, he did it. If Messiah was on the earth with him there, he would listen to and believe in Messiah because he believed in God and he would do whatever the son would say because he obeyed God. He obeyed the father. So it takes it from the the physical first. And Yah knew that Messiah hadn't come yet. So the fairness and justice is when, when they die, they're going to go to a holding place so that when Messiah comes to those who died in faith in that full obedience, that full commitment, they circumcise their hearts. And because of that, you're going to get the circumcision of the heart because if my son was here, you would believe in him because you believed in me. It's just like if you believe in the father and the son, you will believe in the mother. It goes because they're of the same, they're one, they're unified that Whatever God would tell you to do, it wouldn't matter if it was mother, if it was Yeshua, Abba, whomever told you, you would do it. And that's the thing. He knew that they couldn't have the circumcision of the heart and the spiritual because Messiah hadn't come, but they were doing everything that they could do. They did everything they could do. They circumcised their hearts, and therefore, they weren't able to transfer to the spiritual yet. That's the only reason that they didn't. So what makes people think that you can start on the spiritual side here? And then just forget all about the Old Testament, then that means you're putting 
the work of Abba to the side and just, well, I don't need that. I'll just go directly to Messiah. And Yeshua would give them the law of God. He would give them, you need to repent. You need to follow the the commands because that's the way that's going to bring you to me so that ultimately you can be saved. And Phil, I had this thought, and we haven't said this recently, but out of our mouth, if somebody asked us, we shouldn't be saying to people that we're saved. Now, we're on the journey of being saved, but until we get to the end, that we're not saved until the end. Like people will say that, well, I'm saved. Well, I got saved when I was 10 years old, but you're not saved until that final day when you're standing before God and you're saved from sure death. That the salvation, because it says godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation, which salvation is Messiah, meaning that it leads to you living the life of Messiah. That's what repentance leads to. And as long as you walk as he did and continue in that, because Messiah's own words, Matthew 24, the one that stands firm to the end shall be saved. Now, the end could be when you die. The end could be when you're caught up in the air. Wherever that is, you've got to remain in that faith. And that's the thing is if somebody makes a profession that says, well, I'm saved, there's nothing I have to do, then you're not understanding. Now, and we've had this recently, you know, are there any contradictions in the word, in the word of God? No. The word of God does say this, though. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not by works, unless any uh, person could boast. That's an absolutely true statement. What that's saying is, is that by the plan of God from the beginning, it is by grace that you have been saved. The fact that you have the opportunity to be saved is because of grace. It's not by your works, lest you would boast and say, I'm saved because of my works. But there are works in faith. And the word of God says that in Messiah, we are predestined for good works. That's what we're called to. But those good works are by faith in him. Those works are walking as he did, doing the things that Yah has set out in place. It's not you on your own setting aside faith in Messiah aside, you doing these works in order to be saved. That's that's not what God is saying. And I found this scripture here in Romans where it talks about the predestined. And this is one where this is a scripture a lot of people will say and say, hey, you see, everything works together for good. And it says this, this is in Romans 8, looks like 19. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So Yah is saying that, that the predestination of this faith, the gospel message is those that he called. So you, you repent to God, you walk in repentance, God calls you. You come to the Son, he shows you how to be justified. And those he justified, he glorified. That's the circumcision of the heart. That's when you have the fullness of faith, the fullness of deity in bodily form. So Yah has predestined men and women to be called, be justified, and to be glorified. But all that has to be done. You can't be glorified 
and then justified and then called. It has to be in the order. You've got to be called first. Then you've got to be justified. Then you'll be glorified. Then you'll be perfected at the very end. So it goes in order. You can't be perfected at the beginning. You've once you're you enter the kingdom, you're going to be perfected. You'll be given a new body that will be able to an immortal body in that circumstance. That's an interesting scripture there in regards to that. So God's given you the, the gospel message right there. If you go straight to Messiah, then how did God foreknow you? In that scripture you read, he foreknew. Those he foreknew. Now, see, he didn't say those he foreknew, he predestined for heaven. He predestined for what? To be the likeness of his son. So in order for you to get to the son, you think you've reached the son without going through the father? It's an impossibility because the father has to know you ahead of time. That's what he's saying. You came to me, you repented to me, then I foreknew you, and because I foreknew you, I predestined you then to be in my son. So now, because I knew you and you repented to me, now I put you over your predestined to to be with my son, and he will teach you the obedience, and then the son lines you up for for you to be predestined for the spirit. And so just like you traveling from the East coast to the West coast of the United States, there are going to be stops along the way. You're going to have to stop for gas. You stop to stay overnight. You so, so you have destinations that you're going to, that are preset. You, you start out. Most people don't start out a journey and just, well, we're just going to drive and, We'll get there. Now, most people map it out. In this day and age, they use the GPS, but even the GPS maps it out. And once it maps it out, okay, you're going to go uh, from here, you're going to go into Tennessee, and then Tennessee is going to go into Kentucky, and Kentucky, you're going to go over here, and then you're going to go up. You know, this, and, but the GPS puts you on that journey and you follow the GPS. Why do you have a GPS if you're just going to keep making turns that the GPS isn't directing you to? The the GPS says go this way. That's why you use the GPS. So you want to follow those directions. If you don't follow those directions, you're going to get lost. And when it comes to this, you, you, you have to follow the objective of the order of things and the order of things is you have to go to the father first. The people that were being spoken to with the New Testament writers were people who lived through the law of God, people who, who were striving to live the law of God. And then this comes along to show you that, okay, still strive to live this, but don't do it with the idea that it's going to earn you something. Do it because it's right to do. Don't do it because it's earning you something. And so just from that scripture there, it gives a couple clues that you have to go to Abba first so that Abba can foreknow you. And Abba cannot foreknow you until you see Abba as a terror and you surrender to him 
And then in that surrender, you come to believe in them. And when you believe in them, you repent, you turn your life over to them, which means you agree with absolutely everything of who they are, whether you understand it or not. It doesn't matter what you understand. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Why? Because they're perfect. They have perfect understanding. That's who I want to lean on. I don't want to lean on my understanding because if I lean on my understanding, then it's going to be wrong. And so, again, for people who are seeking with all of their heart that really want to know the truth of God, you have got to go back to the Old Testament. You have to see God as a terror, and then you have to surrender and figure out how you're going to become a friend of God. Then, when you repent to Abba, now he foreknew you. He foreknew you, which means he knows you before you go to Messiah. Those he foreknew before Messiah, then he predestined them because of repentance. He predestined them to go to Messiah to learn obedience. And then once he, you learn the obedience there, then you're predestined to go to the obedience of mother or the trust of mother. And so you have a threefold destination that in order for you to get to the fullness of circumcision of the heart, it's a must. You must hit the destination of Abba first, the father. Then you must hit the destination of Messiah. And then you must hit the destination of mother. And that will bring you through the repentance the obedience, and the trust, and that's what will bring you the circumcision of the heart, the removal of sin, taking the sinful nature out of your heart and placing it in your body of flesh so that you no longer sin because sin is of the heart and the sin nature is taken out of the heart. You no longer have sin in your heart. You no longer sin. It's an impossibility for you to sin because no sinner will inherit the kingdom of God. Anyone who claims that they sin will not be in the kingdom. Anybody who does not walk as Messiah did will not be in the kingdom. And it's all part of understanding what the destination, the predestination that is set, what is the destination and how do you actually get to the place where it becomes a predestination for you? Like you said about going on a trip or going on a cruise or flying somewhere, you you can decide you're going to go, but until you purchase the tickets, it's it's not set. Once you purchase the disc tickets, now I'm predestined to go to Italy, or I'm predestined to go on this cruise to the Bahamas, or I'm predestined to uh, go somewhere else, drive out to California, or whatever it is. That's the concept within the midst of it, and it's beautiful because it's in the Word, and it's hard for people who have been told, I. Uh, that you just go to Messiah and then, well, where, where should I start in the Bible? Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No, go back to Genesis because that's where you need to start. You need to be in the Old Testament and see what God did to the people who disobeyed them and pay attention to the book of Hebrews when Hebrews talks about what God did to the people who disobeyed. For 40 years, uh, they died in the desert because of their disobedience. Uh, it also says that uh, 
they did not enter his rest, if not because of their disobedience. So disobedience is the sin, and you have to find a place where you are not sinning by being disobedient to God. Well, you had mentioned the Abraham side and the place of torment. Look at what the difference in the two sides does. The reason that it's paradise on one side, you don't have a guilty conscience. Sin, you have circumcision of the heart. You have no guilty conscience, no guilt of sin. So therefore, you're just waiting for your, your as Yah told uh, Daniel, that you'll rest and you'll wait to receive your allotted inheritance, which is eternal life in the kingdom. And the other side, the reason it's torment is because you have sin still in your heart when you've already passed from the earth. It hasn't been removed from you. So it's just telling you you're condemned, you're condemned, you're condemned, and you're just waiting for the final judgment. You have the, you're awaiting the terror of God because you didn't face the terror of God on this side and you didn't to get away from sin. So therefore, you know what waits because the the condemnation is already on your heart because the written code hasn't been taken away. So like that experience that you had where you were to hear that terror, I'm thinking about it differently now that it's not that people are just yelling and screaming. It's that you're in your own place of torment in your because you're guilty conscience and you cannot get away from it. You can't change it. And it's just, it would be just your own guilt is tormenting you because you know you're just waiting for judgment and there's not a thing you can do to change it, which think about how life is now for us. How is it paradise? Because you don't have a guilty conscience. You can, you go through life and you have a peace because there's no condemnation. So you're not, it'd be like if we were to go into the court in the city here and just go and listen to the judge and, and we could watch people go before the judge and we don't feel condemnation or we don't feel that, oh my gosh, I got to go before the judge for the ticket. And oh my gosh, I just, I don't want to be punished. And we just, no, you're just sitting there watching. You're in the courthouse, but you're not, I don't have any condemnation. I don't have any kind of guilt or anything like that. And and that's the thing is find a place where you don't have the sin nature so you can then go boldly before God, where the word says in, in one of John's letters that go boldly before the throne of grace so that we can get help in our time of need. That boldly doesn't mean arrogantly or privately, just means speaking to God in a humble, matter-of-fact way. Yeah, I need some help in here. Please help me. I'm not seeing this. Help me to see it kind of thing. The The worst thing that's going to happen to some people if they don't repent is you won't be able to, once it's set, that Yah's not going to change their mind and whatever you died in, if you died in faith in the Son or not, that you're going to receive whatever was done as it says in the Word, whether good or bad. And I was thinking about Noah, that Noah was predestined to build this ark. But what if he didn't build it? Then he would have perished in the flood just like everybody else. But he was diligent in walking in obedience to God. So his destiny was he got into the boat and Yah brought the animals and Yah shut the door. So the destiny was set for him that he was going to be saved. But all the people that didn't were other than Noah and his family, they were, they drowned. And what a beautiful spiritual understanding of Messiah and being in him. And there's going to be a day when Yah will shut the door and say, all right, 
There's nobody seeking with all their heart. It's time for the son to return. And if you're not in him, then you're going to be destroyed. So find your place here where you're in the son, that you're in the one, the one righteous man who was Messiah, that by his righteousness, that we're able to be justified. And, and there's different stories. I mean, you can look at the Exodus. I mean, there's just so much depth to this. But what I'm really getting from this is just an understanding of predestination isn't a set number that Yah already determines that you have no choice in. It's, it's predestined by the plan of God, which is fair and right to give everybody the opportunity to choose faith in the Son. And if you do that, then you'll receive eternal life. And if you don't, it just removes all excuses that people cannot go before Yah and say, I didn't know, I didn't understand. No, you did. You suppressed the truth because you preferred the love of self instead of loving the truth. And then therefore you weren't, you didn't have the opportunity, well, you had the opportunity to be saved, but you were the one that wasted it because you suppressed the truth that my creation was all around. You knew that we existed. You decided not to go after it. And therefore, because people may say, well, I didn't choose this. I didn't choose hell. But you did choose that as your ultimate destination because you chose self over God. And therefore, because you did that, that's the destination. You may not in your conscious mind said, yeah, I choose this, but you did choose it by not making a choice to give up selfishness because that said self, but you, you weren't willing to give up selfishness in order to pursue God and love the truth. Because if we give up self, then that's not what God wants. It's to to abandon, put to death the selfishness uh, in your body. And I know that in this age of the church, that when we make a profession that God is a terrorist, that that's hard for people to grasp. The cognitive dissonance that sets in because of what they've been taught God has been softened and made to be this uh, big teddy bear. And that teddy bear looks like a uh, butler. And that butler is going to do everything for you, going to do what you want them to do. And they're not going to do anything else. And it's a shame because uh, it's also one of the reasons that people stay away from speaking about and teaching what's in the Old Testament. People don't teach the terror of God in the Old Testament and why you should use that as a reason to uh, get yourself right with the terrorist, get on the terrorist side so that you don't have to worry about it. You're a friend to the terrorist. Now they're no longer a terror to you, but too many people try to approach God as a friend first and the reality is, is that, trust me when I say this, you would much rather see God as a terror now and figure out how to do what's necessary to be able to uh, become a friend of that terrorist than for you to wait until the final judgment where you can do nothing to become a friend of that terrorist. And it's a fact. God is a terror. And again, you know, I encourage anybody who listens to this, uh, that 
go through and read the book of Hebrews. I've been listening to it on my phone for the last uh, three days, and I've been listening to it over and listen to the warnings that God gives and, and what if God's not going to spare you. Uh, he didn't spare his own son. He's not going to spare you. He didn't spare his own people, the Israelites, when they disobeyed. He's not going to spare you. And so it's just really important that people really dig in and see what the word of God says and let that be your guide. Don't let your, let, let like with the, uh, the old saying, let your conscience be your guide. Okay. Well, let's say this. Let's let your good conscience be your guide because conscience within itself is knowledge. It's with knowledge. So you want to make sure you do it with good knowledge. And all you have to do is read the Bible, go back and start in Genesis and read through and see what God did to those who uh, rebelled against him or disobeyed him. Uh, nations that thought they were going to overtake the Israelites that were destroyed because of it. And even Israel themselves being destroyed at times because of their disobedience to God, them not doing what God told them to do in the midst of it as well. So uh, this is just important stuff that, that we really want people to uh, make it a study of the word of God. The Bible will tell you everything you need. Again, like you said at the beginning of this, don't, don't, don't just listen to what we say and yeah, that sounds good. And yeah, I believe that. No, because then you're believing in us. If we say something that sounds good or that, that makes logical sense, then go dig in the word and discover it for yourself because that's where it's going to mean something to you. When you discover it for yourself, it means something to you. And then you're able to then work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, once you work out your salvation, once you have the fear of the Lord, which that's what the whole purpose of God being a terror in the beginning is that you have the fear of the Lord. When you have the fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom. So without you fearing God, without you even going to Abba from the Old Testament perspective of them being a terror, that you fear them, you can have no wisdom of this, uh, of the spiritual wisdom in this life, because the word of God says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And so what we're saying may sound strange to today's church, but the reality of what we're saying is true in the perspective of God and what they want. But then when you become a friend of God, then you get all kinds of knowledge and information and understanding and things that you never would have been able to understand before in your life. Stuff that we talk about on this podcast, I couldn't have come up with this stuff. I, I, I barely made it through high school. I didn't go to college. I, and a lot of it was, a lot of things were like, I did good in the subjects that I liked, but the ones that I didn't like, I didn't excel in and I got bad grades because I didn't really care about them. Well, I'm glad I care about the uh, avenue of God because it allows me to excel 
in that. But if you don't care about it, you can't excel in it. You can't strive and drive to do what is right, to be able to be in that predestined plan of God through faith in Messiah. This was in actually the same area that I was reading in Romans, and this this speaks to just what you had just said, and it says this. And this is talking to people that want to know the Word of God and really are desiring it and seeking after it. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And you just said God is a terror, that if we're with God, God will terrorize other people on our behalf. And we think, well, God, would God do that? Yes. And God will even do this, that you're going to go and speak to these people, even though they won't listen to you. And if you don't speak to them, I will terrorize you before them. So what's better? You being nervous on, oh my gosh, somebody's not going to accept me. Or Abba says, you're going to go do this. And if you don't, I'm going to be a terror to you. So what's your choice? And it's like, oh, okay. He who did not spare his own son. And I remember, and Abba said this to me, do you think that you're better than my son? And if anybody says yes, you better just don't say that or don't even, and if somebody were to say it, it would be tongue in cheek, but no, because no, you're not better. You're better off being in him. And then it says, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one, Messiah, who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of Yah and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. That doesn't sound like a feel-good life and everything is great all the time. That sounds like some suffering there to learn obedience. No. And all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, future, nor any powers, nor height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Messiah, our Lord. Doesn't mean you can't abandon it, but as long as you're with God, nothing can come from the outside and take your salvation. Nothing can rob us of the knowledge and wisdom that we had. Just like Messiah said, no one will be able to remove you out of my hand. And that's what he, what mother is saying here, that there's nothing in this physical life. Somebody could shoot us, somebody could kill us, but they can't separate us from the love of God and Messiah. So once you're a Messiah and you're sealed, you have the fullness of deity in bodily form. And unless you abandon it, there is nothing that can remove you from God's hand. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of Messiah, the love of God and Messiah. So find the place, find the place of being predestined for heaven and get away from the place where you're predestined for hell. That's Phil, if you have anything else, that's where I win my portion of this tonight is that just like the beginning says, are you predestined for heaven or hell? Find 
the, the truth of God as we found it by seeking with all your heart, you find the place to be in Messiah and you will be predestined for heaven. But there's so many people out there that think that they're predestined for heaven. But unfortunately, and I'm not putting an end to this, but at the moment, if they don't have the fullness of faith that you are predestined for hellfire, and it's unfortunate with the teaching that's been going on for so many years that people think that you make this one decision, everything feels good, everything is great, and then you just live this life, whatever you want, and you end up in the kingdom. But it's not that way that the Word of God makes it clear that Abba the Father is a terror, and it's a terror because it's good, and it's the best for everybody to get you to realize who you are, that you've sinned against the Holy One, and that turn away from it, and you'll get forgiveness of sins, and then move on to my Son, where you learn true obedience, which is of the heart, and then trust in my most precious one that will seal you with all three aspects of faith. And then you just contain, you continue in that and walk as Messiah did, never waving, never wavering in it, turning away from it. And as the word says, you'll receive a rich welcome into the kingdom of heaven. So Phil, you have anything to add? Any final thoughts? Your predestination that sets to anybody who's born into this life is you're destined for hellfire. That that's the reality. But you can deviate from that destiny by your choosing to follow what God has destined. But in order to do that, you have to deviate, you have to turn away from, you have to repent of the old way and turn to God and start that journey in that direction so that you can be in Messiah to have that uh, deity. So, because aside from that, you are condemned at birth. That's a fact. You can't change that. that. That came because of the sin of Adam and Eve when they ate of the fruit. They disobeyed God. And again, the sin was not whatever they ate off the tree. The sin was the disobedience to God. That's the the fact within the midst of it is the disobedience to God is sin. And so deviate, find a way to deviate from your predestined aspect of hell and move to the place of uh, being in Messiah where you're predestined for heaven. And then when you die here or you're raptured out, then your destination will be locked in, secure. It's it's held sealed by mother unless you break that seal, and you're the only one that can break that seal. No principality, nothing else can come against you. They can't take it from you. They can't snatch you out of the hand of God, but you can walk out of that hand that you walked into. And so it's just really important for people to understand that. All right, well... Phil, I would say that this, the knowledge and wisdom Mother Abba and Yeshua give, they gave us. Very grateful for that, and we'll um, appreciate everybody tuning in, and we'll see you on the next podcast, Lord willing. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, 
But if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.